Good afternoon. Welcome to our study of the Psalms as we read through a few of the different Psalms from Psalms 1 through 150. Today we're reading Psalm 130 is the Psalm that we're reading today. And, and today's Psalm is a, a Psalm or a Song of Ascent. And so we talked about this a few times. Uh, these Songs of Ascent are the songs that would have been sung at some point in time or during the journey or the pilgrimage that people would have made towards Jerusalem as they gathered uh, to the temple and the city for different festivals, for different um, occasions, for different sacrifices. And so these people for, from wherever they were coming from, uh, whether it was away from the north, or from the southeast or the west, uh, all over Israel, as they gathered towards Jerusalem, as they uh, made this pilgrimage towards the holy city and the holy temple, they would often sing some of these songs. And so uh, these Psalms of Ascent are, are songs that they would have sung during that time period, during that journey. So we're reading Psalm 130 today, and we're starting in verse 1. And it says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. So this begins again. Uh, like like many of the psalms, this request, this cry to God, for God to hear the voice of the psalmist, for, for his ears to be attentive. And again, whenever they're talking about these ears and attentiveness and turning your ear, it's it's really painting this imagery of God from, from up on heaven, from up on high, kind of turning his ear, inclining his head to listen to his people. And so he's asking for this. He's asking, God, turn your head towards me, incline your ear, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. And so he's crying out for mercy. And then uh, verse 3 says, If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. So the psalmist asks this question, uh, verse 3, If you, O Lord, keep a record of sins, who could stand? And the way that the psalmist phrases this in the Hebrew is kind of like saying, if you, if you, God, kept a vigilant watch, if you were constantly looking for and, and noticing and recording our sins, who could stand before God? Who would be righteous enough to stand before the Lord if God were constantly keeping record and, and vigilant over our sins, over our mistakes? But verse 4, the part that I love the most, says, but with you... Instead of this record of sin and wrong, instead of this vigilant judgment, he says, but with you, there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. And again, in the Bible, the word fear here, when they're usually talking about God, it's not the traditional English uh, meaning for fear, to be afraid, to be terrified, uh, to run because of danger or whatever the case is. Uh, but rather, the, the Hebrew, when, when they're talking about this fear, they're talking about honor, they're talking about worship. They're talking about respect and, and, and trust and serving God. And so the psalmist is saying, with you, there is, there is honor. With you, we, we worship. We worship you and we honor you and we trust in you because there is forgiveness for our sins. And the psalmist is really acknowledging that all humanity, not, not, just, not just himself, but all of humanity, is so deeply flawed, so deeply sinful, that if God were to really vigilantly keep record of sins, if he were to keep record in such a way that, that he noticed absolutely everything and he wrote it down and he never forgot it or he never removed it or he never did anything with it, then we couldn't stand before God. We'd be unrighteous, completely unholy, unworthy of standing before God. But rather, instead of this constant record, instead of this uh, permanent mark, you might say, the psalmist says there is forgiveness. 
God might see all of our sins. He's not saying that this, that God doesn't see our sins, but rather that God is not keeping a record of our sins. He is not noting them down for some future judgment. Instead, what God is doing is he is forgiving us for the sins that we that we commit. And we find that forgiveness later in the Old Testament. We find that through Jesus, that there is a record of wrong, but, 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 with the cross, with the crucifixion, with Jesus, when we come to God for repentance, we find that our record is completely wiped clean, the slate is removed, that there is no longer a record, that the guilt of our sins is completely removed, as David talks about uh, in other psalms. But the psalmist here says, with you there is forgiveness. I don't worry about my record of sin. Really, that's what the psalmist is saying. I'm not worried about this because I know there is forgiveness in God. And then verse 5, we continue reading, says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. In his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for morning. More than watchmen wait for morning. So he's saying, here, I'm waiting on God. I'm putting my trust, I'm putting my hope in God's word, in God's promises, in God's faithfulness. And he says, in my soul, everything that is part of me, my whole being waits for God. It waits patiently. It puts our trust and our hope in God. And then he says, more than watchmen wait for morning. So the idea of a watchman was someone that throughout the night, they kept this vigil. They kept watch over the community, over the people, over the city. And so the watchman would often wait uh, expectantly for morning. They would long for morning. Why? Because the morning carried daylight. The morning carried relative safety. It was often that marauders and raiders and, and, and thieves would come at night when, when they had the cover of darkness. But in the daytime, it was much easier to be protected. It was much easier to see the horizon, to see your surroundings. But also the watchmen, they had this long vigil in the night. And so the watchmen would be working late into the night, uh, much like a kind of like a graveyard shift. And so I'm, I'm sure anyone who's worked a graveyard shift or who's worked late into the night just is expectant of that shift being over, of that daybreak, being able to finally find rest. And so that's what a watchman would do. Not only would they wait for morning to, to kind of end their shift to find rest themselves, but also so that they would know that they are secure. And so the psalmist compares his longing for God to that similar longing. And he says, my soul, it waits for the Lord much more than a watchman waits for morning. And he repeats it as if to reflect, as if to emphasize, as if to kind of mull the words that he's speaking, this poetry, this psalm, saying more than watchmen wait for morning, reflecting on how beautiful the comparison is. He repeats it here. And so it's kind of our, our hope is that we find our hope and our trust in God. And so we find our security, much like the watchman found security and rest in the morning and the daybreak. So too, we find security and rest in Jesus. So too, we find security and rest in the Lord when we put our trust in him. And then verse seven and eight. Now the psalmist is shifting from himself, from what he expects, from what he trusts, from, from, from what he believes in, and he's calling the rest of Israel to do the same, right? So verse 7, O Israel, the rest of you, everyone around, he says, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, unfailing, it will not fail, it cannot be defeated, it cannot be overcome, with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself would, will redeem Israel from all their sins. 
beautiful way to end the song, this idea of redemption, the idea of a debt being owed, the idea of an insurmountable debt, more specifically, that our sins create. And so the psalmist is really alluding to this idea that when, when Israel is guilty, when we as God's people are guilty, we there, there creates this debt that we cannot pay. We cannot pay the sin or the debt for, for the sins that we commit, but yet we find that our debt is paid through the Lord. Our debt is paid through God. Our debt is paid through Jesus and then verse 7, the Lord has unfailing love, and in God, there is full redemption. That means our lives are completely redeemed. Our debt is completely paid. We are no longer debt-free, but we are completely free from the slavery of sin. And he says, he himself, the Lord himself, he's not sending someone else to do it. He's not sending uh, an intermediary, but rather he himself, God himself, will redeem Israel from all of their sins. And that just reminds me of, of the story of Jesus, obviously, right? Where Jesus is God himself being in human form, coming down to this earth for full redemption of humanity, to redeem all of Israel, not just the literal Israel, but also spiritual Israel, which includes us, uh, not only the Israelites, but Gentiles as well, right? Where all people are redeemed completely through the sacrifice that Jesus makes on the cross. And so this beautiful psalm, Psalm 130, imagine them, them, they are journeying towards Jerusalem, they're journeying towards that place of sacrifice to be able to celebrate, whether it's a, a, a feast of tabernacles, or whether it's a feast of plenty, or, or whatever feast, or whatever religious ceremony they're, they're celebrating, they're journeying towards, they're singing the psalm, and they're crying out to God for, for, the, for the present trouble that they're in, but they re rejoice that there is forgiveness in God. And as they approach the temple, the place where they would sacrifice, they find that they are reminded of the unfailing love of the Lord, of the redemption that we find in God, and that God himself will redeem Israel from all of their sins. So what a beautiful psalm as these people journey, as these people go toward Jerusalem and reflect on the forgiveness and redemption that they find not only at the temple, but in God himself. And so for us, as, as we kind of have the rest of the, the New Testament, the idea that Jesus becomes the temple, that Jesus becomes the tabernacle, we also find that forgiveness in Jesus, that full redemption, that unfailing love, that Jesus himself redeemed us from all of our sins. So I pray that as you read this, uh, that you would find that mercy, that you would find that forgiveness that the psalmist talks about in verse 4, that, that God doesn't keep record of our sins, but rather through the cross and through mercy and through justice, there is forgiveness. And so we can honor and worship and fear the Lord and we can put our hope in God, like verse 7 says, because the Lord has unfailing love and with the Lord there is full redemption and he himself, Jesus himself, has redeemed us from all of our sins. So I just pray that you find that mercy, that forgiveness, and that redemption that we find in Jesus. Uh, let's pray as we close Psalm 130. God, we're so incredibly thankful for the amazing blessings that you provide for us each and every day. We're thankful that you're a God that doesn't harbor our wrongs against us. You're a God that doesn't keep a, a record to hold against us, to bring up when we make mistakes, but rather that through repentance, through the cross, through Jesus, we are forgiven, we are fully redeemed. That slate is completely wiped. Our debt is completely eradicated. Our sins are forgiven. That record of wrong is ripped up and, 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 our, and our lives are restored. We are made as white as snow. We are redeemed through you. 
And so we are thankful and we praise you, God, that we find redemption and fullness of redemption, forgiveness and mercy in you. And we just pray that when we do sin, when we do make mistakes, that we would know and trust that we can find that forgiveness through Jesus and through the cross. So help us to come to you. Help us to journey towards you and finding that redemption, that forgiveness. So we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the hope that we can put in you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So join us tomorrow as we read, or not tomorrow, sorry, Monday. Join us on Monday as we read Psalm 132. That's uh, another song of ascent. So, so join us on Monday as we read Psalm 132. And as always, if you had your own take on Psalm 130, if you had uh, maybe some comments that you want to share, maybe something beautiful that you found in the Psalm, please, please feel free to leave it in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you have any prayer requests or needs, uh, please feel free to reach out to us either personally, uh, myself, or through our social media, our church's social media. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to help you in any way we can. We'd love to pray for you and pray over you. Uh, and as always, we just pray that you have a blessed rest of your evening and blessed rest of your Friday here. And uh, just pray that you stay safe and that you take care. Amen.